Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> And we're alive. Okay, Let's so I go. I got a. You remember that podcast we did where it was like, um, uh, what was it tw twenty rules for young men? Yes. Is that what it was? Twenty yeah. rules for young men. Uh, I think one of the rules is like be impressed by the right things. Mm -hmm. Remember mm -hmm. we talked about yeah. that? Yeah. It's kind of cool. So I'm, <clears throat> I'm at the gym at MMAC, and I'm like doing a private, and I think it was like right before the kids' class started, mm -hmm. and I'm just like. I don't know. I'm just like walking in to grab some pads and grab stuff from like one of the mat, uh, the mat space that has like all the tie pads hanging up. Yeah. And I see these two like girls standing there. These the ones like probably seven or eight. Like they're both in that age. Like mm -hmm. these little girls, like six or seven or eight, whatever. They're like looking up at the Bang Muay Thai banner. I can hear them talking about like the belt ranking system, and uh, they're kind of like looking at it like like most little girls would be looking at the Kardashians. Like they were looking at like this banner and this belt ranking and talking about it. Like the one girl was like, yeah, and like, like once you get your yellow, then it's like orange. And they're, they're talking about <laughs> it. Like, like we got to get this shit. Like, let's get after yeah. it. These like fucking seven year old girls. And then I, I heard that like when I walked in to get tie pads, I heard the one girl, she was like, uh, she's like, and that's Jesse. He's, he's a black belt. He's, <laughs> he's all the way up at the top. But I, I was like thinking in my head, I'm like, man, isn't that fucking cool that like, you have these like little girls that you would never uh, assume that they would be like admiring like hard work and dedication and what it takes to get a black belt. Yeah. I feel like most girls that age would be like, you know, looking at some bullshit, you know, some celebrity just cause she's beautiful. She's born beautiful and they're like, oh, I would just love to look like that. But instead totally. they're like, man, like we got to get after these belts. Yeah. That's cool, man. And so, yeah, it was just like, it reminded me of like that, be impressed by the right things. Like it, they weren't impressed by, you know, whatever like a big ass and tits just because you were born with yeah, it or they like materialistic stuff materialistic like things. something to achieve something to accomplish yeah, yeah you know i thought that was like really cool i was thinking about it for like the past week being like man that's dope it's cool that like our gym or just any martial art gym can plant seeds in the mind of like young people that early on where they're like we want to like we want to get at, like get a high belt like you can't buy those things yeah. you can but like the real ones you have to earn <clears throat> yeah. you know is it weird just being a kid who grew up watching UFC, watching Tito Ortiz, now just being like a black belt and being like, I'm that same young kid, but like I'm, I've accomplished this shit now. It's crazy, man. Like it's crazy, you know, what happens when you just kind of find your path and you don't get off the path. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like inevitably like good things will happen when you stay on course. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's like you and I talked about it before, but just the fact that, yeah, eight years ago you and I walked onto the mats as white belts and now here we are eight years later and mm -hmm. we're both teaching at the same time and you got a purple wrapped around your waist mm -hmm. doing jujitsu and I got a black belt and you got a uh, brown belt and BMT and mm -hmm. I'm a long lost blue belt. It's funny in my kitchen I have a picture of you me and Dwayne Ludwig when we got our orange belts and I just oh, looked yeah. at it or sorry our yellow yeah, belts I was gonna say, yeah. and I looked at it today and I was just like man it's, it's crazy it's it doesn't crazy. seem that long ago but we all look like you know six years younger whatever yeah. it is it's crazy yeah. well man shit we we met kurt when he was like 32 
31. He's 49 now. He's almost 40. 49? <laughs> or 39. 39. Yo, man. Yeah, yeah. he's 39. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is. He ages like like wine. He yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. That's one thing that would worry me about kids these days growing up is I feel like that's the extreme minority to yeah. to be impressed by the right things. Yeah. I just feel like with social media and internet access now, yeah, it's so hard to be it's so easy to be impressed by the wrong things. Oh, like yeah. even for us, man, it's a struggle. Like we talked about it before. The more time you spend scrolling on social media, seeing cars, seeing watches, seeing people in Ibiza, you're just yeah. like, ah, I don't feel so good right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And one of the reasons I think that these girls, these young girls were so impressed by it. And so like, kind of like, I don't know, awestruck or just like, just into the martial arts scene was their, their mom. Their mom trains mm-hmm. like multiple times a day. And one of the moms, it was funny. She's like, uh, cause I have been teaching Kurt's kids class while he's re- recovering from hip surgery. And the one mom came in and she's like, it's kind of funny. Like I just realized all of the parents of the kids who train here also train. So I, I, I was training all the parents and then I was training all the kids, mm, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like they just kind of, but it's like the kids are there cause the parents are there and yeah. it's like this cool way that they can bond. The kids come out and the mom's like, Hey, what'd you learn? Oh, I learned how to throw like a one ream. Okay. Show me. And they're like, Oh, like drilling together. Leading by example. Yeah. Right? But if that mom didn't go all the time, the kids wouldn't give a rat's ass about martial arts. Yeah. They'd be sitting around doing nothing if that's what their parents were doing. Yeah. You know, it's funny how everything is so subjective some people will wrap their life around this concept of working up the belt system and it can mean everything to them you can be you know a 38 year old man and get called up for a piece of white hockey tape on your belt and you can have some tears coming down your face because it means so much yeah when other people would be like i don't give a fuck yeah like belts like what what is this like i got shit to do yeah and I get it. Even people at our gym, there's some people that don't care about the belt ranking system. Yeah, I get it. Totally. Like, I'm not going to like force you to care about yeah. it. Some people, they just want to learn martial arts or yeah. they just want to fight and that's all that matters to them. Yeah. It's whatever. Whatever motivates you to get off your ass and move and learn some shit. And yeah. That, that's all that matters. Yeah, definitely. I got I to gotta ask you about this, that bruise on your leg. It looks like somebody hit you across the leg with a baseball bat. <laughs> Jesus. I, yeah. I was talking to you <laughs> earlier, but... Uh, I don't, I don't know. I might've thrown a knee and hit someone's elbow. I'm not sure if it was from an inside kick or not. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Cause that's my back. I was going to say it's unlikely it would be from a leg kick. Yeah. I think I threw a knee. I think I even remember, um, I, I forget who, but I remember throwing a knee and I, I remember feeling like, Oh, that was the, not the right spot to land the knee. <laughs> that's, that looks tender, bro. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah. It's not that bad. Like it is tender, but it's not like it looks worse than it is. Yeah. yeah. Last night was fun as hell though. Yeah, so you got the elbow pads on, the knee pads on, and you're sparring, just throwing your mid limbs. Yeah, just changed the game for me. Yeah, I'm not afraid of the inside game anymore. Man, it's a different game. I was watching you and Cole going. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to have part of that. Like, <laughs> my ribs were sore just watching you guys. Yeah, oh, it's funny. Wade messaged me after we had a good like because he was my, the last guy I went with yeah. with Wade, and like we just had like a it was like a fun scrappy match, like a little bit chaotic. Yeah. But yeah, he messaged me. He's like, gentleman agreement. And he's like, you can elbow and knee me in the face if I can go for takedowns. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. I was going to say it's quite a handicap if they just have to use punches and kicks and then. For sure. Well, I, t- I told like anyone I went with, I was like, you can throw knees. Like, I don't mind you throwing okay. bare knees, yeah. you know, be yeah. careful with the elbows. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I timed one knee with Wade and it freaked me out a little bit because he went for a takedown. Uh, it was just like, boom. But his we, face? Yeah, we oh, laughed okay. about it. I went to the body, but it's like the level change. Yeah. But man, 
without sparring like that, you're not aware of it. Yeah. So if you're going to like, if you're going to fight and there's knees allowed, you should be aware of it. And so I think sparring with knee pads on, um, it changes it. Like, I think even Wade said something like, man, does that ever make you think about like those level changes? You sure got to set it up and be smart. Yeah. Because knees come out of nowhere, man. They're devastating. Do they, do they move around on your arms and legs a lot or not bad? The ones I got are great. Yeah. Yeah. Not once have I felt the knee pads move the elbow pads a little bit, but I, when I'm sparring, I just, I go like this every now and then and just touch them to make sure they're still in place. I wonder if, like, do you remember playing hockey with elbow pads? I wonder if it's... Somewhat similar. I guess those had like plastic in them. <laughs> yeah, the, the the elbow and knee pads that I have, they're this. They seem like the same density as my shin pads. Okay. Like they're pretty. Like I, I hit like Marco with a few, and whenever I connected decently, I'm like, how was that? Like I would stop and be like, was that okay? He's yeah. Like, Fine. Good. I didn't even feel it. Good because yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't want to make them too bulky because that would just be yeah. awkward, right? They're perfect. Moving. Yeah. And I think everyone I went with, I don't, I don't think anybody had a problem with like, yeah, them like hurting you know with the, her, yeah. yeah like i'm going pretty light with elbows, sure. especially yeah. yeah um that's sick should we get into it let's get what? into it man you know it's wednesday day. let's get into it let's go <laughs> okay um all right i forget what i think i remember i, I think I, we talked about chapter one so we're gonna dive into this book that i've been reading um i'm not done it yet and i wanted to talk about it once i was done it but i feel like i'm gonna trickle this book into like a few of our episodes mm-hmm. um so yeah it's called the way of the superior man by David Dita. <clears throat> How would you say? I that? would say that. Dita? Data? Hey, Data. <laughs> um, yeah, spiritual guide to mastering the challenges of woman, work, and sexual desire. Women, not woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'm just going to dive into this. Oh, I thought it was a, the same Asian feller. <laughs> okay, so chapter six, I'm just going to open it up to that and I'm going to read the very first part and then we'll see what kind of conversations we can get into. Love it. All right. So chapter six, never change your mind just to please a woman. If a woman suggests something that changes a man's perspective, then he should make a new decision based on his new perspective. But he should never betray his own deepest knowledge and intuition in order to please his woman or go along with her. Both she and he will be weakened by such an action. They will grow to resent each other, and the crust of the accumulated inauthenticity will burden their love, as well as their capacity for free action. You should always listen to your woman and then make your own decision. If you choose to go with your woman's suggestion, even with deep in your heart you feel that another decision is more wise, you are, in effect, saying, I don't trust my own wisdom. You are weakening yourself by telling yourself this. You are weakening your woman's trust in you. Why should she trust your wisdom if you don't? The the the, the initial like title chapters, I kind of they're almost like triggering. Like I feel like if some people heard that, never change your mind just to please a woman. I I, I could hear you talking in Andrew Tate's voice. You know? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> just like the way like it wasn't like that, right. but it's like yeah. But but I think like <laughs> I don't know. For one, I just think that's true. Like I you see a lot of people kind of bending over backwards like just to go along with someone or just yeah. to please someone and to me this isn't even just in like a, a relationship thing look at politicians like one of the things we hate the most is when a politician bends for the public you know public outrage they kind of freak out and then what the politician said this week he changes this week just to please the public or if someone flashes enough money around he'll go against his own truth and wisdom just to make a buck and so you see like weakness in people's character. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I don't even think it's just in relationship. See, that's exactly what came to mind when I heard that is 
I, I agree with that and I don't think it's just to do with the relationship. I think it's to do with everyday, dealing with everybody in everyday life because another thing that came to mind is me with, with what I do with real estate. It's if you're selling your house and you wanna know what your house is worth so you can list it, I'll go in and I'll take a look at it, I'll do an evaluation. There's times when I know that person wants 400,000. They want to sell for 400,000, they think it's worth 400,000. I know that we should be listing at, you know, 379.9 and we're going to waste their time after. Mm. Initially in my career, I was more persuaded to tell people what they wanted to hear. Mm. Cuz I didn't want to disappoint them. I didn't want to be the bearer of bad news. But then I learned that that wasn't looking out for their best interest right. because we list it at the price they want intuitively I know it's too high and then you waste time on the market they right. have to keep their house ready longer only for that conversation to happen in 60 days where you say hey we've had 10 showings nothing's happening we need to reduce the price right. they're ready to reduce it at that point we go to 379.9 yeah. and it's like if I would have had the balls to tell you initially look I know you want that but your property's worth what a buyer's willing to pay and nobody's gonna be willing to pay 400, that's too high. Right. That's where it was three years ago, that's not where it was today. If I would've had the courage to tell them that, we would've got a faster sale and yeah. we probably would've sold for more because by the time the buyers came around, it wasn't sitting on the market for two months and mm. they're more likely to throw lowball offers. So yeah, I think in general, it's not about telling people what they want to hear. We have to, we have to, you know, be an individual. Yeah, and I like it too because it talked about how if you're going to take that route and you're going to respond or answer to like what you think is your deepest truth or wisdom, like be willing to take the fall as well. Like you could be wrong, but at least you stood true to what you thought mm. to be true. But like take the hit as well. Like when you lose, there's no one else to blame. Yeah. But again, that's like a, it's, it's an attractive trait when someone can take an L on the chin and be like, I fucked up. Like I misread it. I thought I was right. You know, I guess you were right or yeah. whatever. And I like what it said too. Like maybe they give you a different perspective. Like maybe, maybe they, they say something and it persuades your idea a little bit, or it makes you look at it from a different perspective. It doesn't mean that you're just going along with them. It's like, Hey, I never thought of it that way. Right. Maybe I will form a new opinion on it. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and I and I even just like like going back to the relationship thing, um, like almost like building like trust in each other and seeing like courage through each other. Yeah. Like I feel like if you're always trying to please that person or like go along with them, you don't really get to see that true person. Like it's like sometimes you just want to see even if they trip and fall to stand up and like own your shit. Whatever that decision is that you're about to make, if you really think it's the truth, try it. And if you face plant okay like at least we at least you fucking stood your ground and did you know you're a man of your word or yeah. a woman of your word oh yeah speaking of that just to clarify can i roll this up yeah oh whatever um just to clarify you can shut it off now um the this book he was pretty like the way he worded it was just like a convenient way of like the way of the superior man but he made a strong point in saying that like this is more about masculine energy and feminine energy and this book is specifically for people with strong masculine energy and he's like look you could be a, a guy with strong feminine energy dating a girl with strong masculine energy mm -hmm. so a lot of the stuff in the book will be towards the the girl who has strong fem uh, masculine traits um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of point that out there, like for the sake of the ease of the book, he talks about like man and woman a lot, but like yeah. it's more about energy mm -hmm. going back and forth.
Do you know where I think probably people get stuck there too? Is let's say, let's say you get home every night and you know you have a girlfriend and she wants to do something that maybe you don't want to do. Hey, like let's do this thing, whatever it is. And um, you say no, and then she gets upset with you, mm. and then you're like. So my only option is to say yes or else you're going to be mad at me. Right. So then they say yes just to please them even though they don't want to do the thing. And then they just get stuck in that thing of like, well, I guess I have to say yes or you'll right. be upset and I don't want to rock the boat. Right. So I think... Do you know what's interesting? Yeah. This book talks about how the, the feminine energy is constantly trying to test masculine energy. Whether they know it or not, there's like a natural thing where the feminine is like, like how strong are you? So like that, it's like they, they want to do something, the guy says no, or the girl who's more masculine says no, and they start pouting and getting all pissy. And they're like, let's see if this bitch bends. <laughs> but if he stands his ground, like over time, like it's like the feminine energy almost respects the masculine energy more because they're like, oh, this, this guy knows his truth. But if you keep breaking, the, the feminine energy will be like, oh, like do I need to become the masculine? Because this guy is clearly not very strong. Mm. Like I will have to pick up his slack Interesting. because right now we're both playing in the feminine. Yeah. You know, it, we're so complicated. Hey, we're complicated. Cause it's even like, let's say you meet somebody and they're the person of your dreams. So, you know, you text them back right away. You answer all their calls. You're always there on time. And then after a while they're like, fuck this guy. He's, he's, he's too good. Like I need somebody to like ignore me. Right. Like I need somebody to make my, my mind wander. I just right. won't respect them. It's like, it's like, Hey, I know it's so complicated. And like, and the, the guy, he does a good job of always saying that these roles can be switched. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like maybe some days the other partner is carrying a little bit more masculine energy than, than other days, you know, they can kind of go back and forth, but he did say, 80% of men typically have far more masculine energy than women. Mm -hmm. Women typically have far more feminine energy than men. So on average, most of this will be for men. Yeah, makes sense. Um, all right, chapter seven. I like this one. It's gonna make some people think, maybe get in a fight with their partner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your purpose must come before your relationship. Every man knows that his highest purpose in life cannot be reduced to any particular relationship. If a man prioritizes his relationship over his highest purpose, he weakens himself, deserves the universe, and cheats his woman of an authentic man who can offer her full, undivided presence. And I like this right here. So, <laughs> admit to yourself that if you had to choose one or the other, the perfect intimate relationship, or achieving your highest purpose in life, you would choose to succeed at your purpose. It's a tough one. You mm -hmm. sit down with your loved one and be like, hey, would you would you choose me or would you continue the path that you're on? It'd be like Aaron saying, like, if you either you you can have me or you have to quit martial arts forever. Who am I without my my goals and my purpose? Like, I remember hearing Corwin Thiessen actually said this. It was really cool. We were talking about like having rocks in your life, like a, like something that could ground you. Mm -hmm. which for a lot of like masculine energy needs a mission. They need a purpose. They need something to do. That's what fuels the masculine energy. Mm -hmm. The feminine energy needs love. He said to never put your faith cause he's a religious guy. He's like a strong Christian. And, um, you know, with all these priests getting popped for like molesting kids and doing creepy shit. Um, he just said to never put your faith in man. They will always let you down put it put it in faith god like for him that was his thing 
And so for, I think, the masculine energy, we need something that isn't like so emotional, so complicated. Like that's why masculine energy needs a purpose. Like for me, it's martial arts. I don't know who I, I'm not, I'm not half the person I am without that thing. Like Aaron loves me because I'm on a mission. She sees that. She sees that like I'm, I'm driven by this thing. I, I have this thing that I'm latched onto and I'm on this path. And it's attractive when you see like masculine energy on this path, just like trying to accomplish something. And you're better in the relationship to her because exactly. you have this purpose. And so like, that doesn't mean that like you, like just cause you would choose your purpose over that person that you don't love them to death, that you wouldn't want to have kids with them. Like I want to do all those things with her and I want to have a house with her kids. I want to do the whole bit, but I don't want to do that without this. I don't think I would be happy. I wouldn't be fulfilled. I wouldn't be present with her. That's a hard thing, I think, for... I agree with you. I agree with that statement. It's um, it's a hard thing, I think, for somebody to maybe understand because I think somebody could receive that as, okay, your, your career, let's say, is number right. one of importance and I am number two of importance. Right. And that can be a tough thing to bite off. But you have to, you have to look at it from a different perspective, I think, and understand it more. Because, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't... You wouldn't be a good, you wouldn't serve your relationship well if that was taken away from you. No, I, I've been there before. Yeah, like when I, yeah. when I was a little bit lost and scattered and didn't have like my mission or a purpose, like I was shitty in relationships. You're not as present, mm -hmm. you know, like sure you might be around more, but like, I, um, again, I like that this guy does a good job of, of talking about like what, what masculine energy needs as a fuel source and what feminine energy needs as a fuel source. And women can have like they in business, both the, the male and the female can have masculine energy. You guys can both be on a mission pursuing purpose, mm -hmm. but he said in the bedroom, you can't be both. One has to be dominant. The other one has to play the feminine role. Mm. Some days the woman might want to be like really pleasing and like, you know, just whatever. Yeah, throw the strap on. Yeah. You know, just like <laughs> pull your pants down in the kitchen and like whatever, start going. She's playing the masculine role. She's like a little more aggressive. She's assertive. Then the guy can almost sit back and be like, all right, like I'll chill. You <laughs> I need know? something to grab onto. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of like that he talks about like that, that balance. Yeah, um, that's interesting. But yeah, he, he just said like without, without a mission or a purpose, strong masculine traits will feel lost. Mm. And so no, no matter how amazing that person is, something will be missing. Interesting. Yeah. I, I agree with that, man. Um, I can picture some people and I, I remember like fighting this throughout my twenties, but I felt like I was on this mission, you know, and I wasn't going to let, maybe it was a little more of an immature way to look at it, but I wasn't going to like let a relationship or something take me off course. So right. it was like, I knew what my mission was, but it's sad when you see certain people who are on this mission and you see that energy in them. It's like, they're doing something with a purpose. Maybe it's a job, maybe it's whatever. And then maybe they get into a relationship and they just let the thing go and they're just like laying around and they're almost like, uh, they've lost that, their identity, yeah. you know, and it's, they become somebody different and it's kind of sad. And that feminine will sniff it out eventually and she'll start eventually. seeing a weak man. Yeah. Like it'll, it, you think it's the good thing cause you're like, oh, I'm spending more time with her. Yeah. But all she sees is a weak <clears throat> person who fell off their path. 
And like that's interesting. That, that's kind of the, like the dynamic between like the feminine and the masculine. Like you both need each other, and that that's why like I wanted to talk about this because like I need Aaron just like I need my purpose. Like it's not like one or the other. Yeah. Like I want I want I need both. Yeah. Like I want the loving support of a partner like Aaron, but I also I need my mission. Like I need that purpose. Both of them combined, that's when you get like a beautiful life. So is the thing to do when you meet that person if you've already found your purpose just be very upfront that like hey here's the mission i'm on here's what's important to me here's my rock i need you to understand this and like support me with this yeah well i think we talked about it before where you were like um i don't even know if you brought it up or if just your habits showed um natalia that on certain evenings you're busy yeah you're training that's that's a Mm non-negotiable like that like for me like i rarely take time off work like I'm, I'm go- I need to go to the gym. That's number one. Mm-hmm. So when Aaron and I are like trying to plan something, it's planning around that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with her. She's got her goals. She's got her drive, and I respect and support it. So like when we communicate, it's like, hey, like what days do we have off? Like, are you willing to like have a half day here? Do you want to take time off here? But it's all based around like what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like that. I yeah. think that's super important. Yeah. Um. All right. Chapter thirteen. I don't even know. I, I forget what some of these are. So this would be kind of good. And again, there is like a lot of good chapters in this book. Like that's why, like I'll probably trickle this in throughout, throughout some other podcast. This is kind of going off what we just talked about. Don't use your family as an excuse. If a man, if a man never discovers his deepest purpose, or if he permanently compromises it and uses his family as an excuse for doing so, then his core becomes weakened and he loses depth and presence. His woman loses trust and sexual polarity with him. Even though he may be putting much energy into parenting their children and doing the housework, a man should, of course, be a full participant in caring for for children and the household. But if he gives up his deepest purpose to do so, ultimately, everyone suffers. So that's kind of like what we were talking about, right? Like if like you're you're on your mission, right? You you're doing your thing, you meet this beautiful woman, you have kids with them, and now all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, like I need to I need to help out. I need to be around all the time." And now you have like you almost left your mission and now you're home all the time. You're both like parenting, you're both being the feminine energy, you're both being nurturing. Mm-hmm. The idea of that sounds good, but over time, I think the masculine energy is going to start checking out cuz they're going to feel a piece of them missing. And so, sure, you might be with your family all the time, but how many, like, parents are not even present while they're doing it? There's, like, a piece of them missing. Yeah. They're there, but they're not really there. Yeah. And so in this chapter, he kind of talks about your, your, like, let's say your woman will love and respect you far more if you can give her 30 minutes a day of undivided attention, fully present. When you're there, you're there, as opposed to eight hours of you kind of being like, fuck, like... This is taking me at like, I'm not even living my dreams. These fucking little kids everywhere. Goddamn girl. You know, like you just start to like resent yourself and them. And yeah, it's kind of like that thing we talked about it. You could work all day, but like you're checking your phone, you're kind of half in and accomplish so much. Or you could like put everything away and be dialed for like three hours and probably accomplish more. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's like what I try to do even like with, with Aaron, but because I have this purpose and this lifestyle i find it so much easier that when i'm with her to like really be with her Mm -hmm. whereas like a lot of my other relationships when i didn't have this but i was still in a relationship i would like i don't know i just didn't feel right Mm -hmm. didn't i I feel feel like i couldn't like 
like settle in and be calm and present and like laugh. I was always like, man, your life sucks. <laughs> like in the back of my head, I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, like I can't provide anything for her. I have nothing. I have nothing to strive for. Like, what am I doing? Just kind of a lost, empty feeling. Yeah, man. And, but yet, you know, you got this attractive girl on your side and everyone like from the outside be like, oh yeah, like you're dating. Like, that's awesome. You're not lonely anymore. I'm like, no, I am lonely. Something in me is missing. Interesting. You know? Yeah. I do you remember Miss Pat, this comedian. Yeah, the black, the black yeah, girl. Big, yeah, big, yeah. big black lady. She's been on Rogan a few times. Yeah. I remember her saying, it's just funny how people's dynamics can be different. She's like, I love, like, like I go out and I work, you know, like I'm doing comedy, I'm whatever, and my husband just, like, stays at home all day, and, like, it's so attractive to me. Like, he just sits at home in his sweatpants, and when I come home, like, he, he doesn't have a job, he's unemployed, when I come home, he's, like, ready to dick me down, and, like, <laughs> he just, like, saves up that energy all day, he's just, like, watching cartoons and shit, and That's she's like, I love him so much, and Joe is, like, laughing his ass off. So I wonder, like, <laughs> that, that to me, she's probably the strong masculine. Yeah. The guy is probably the feminine. Like yeah. she's the one on the mission. She's the one with the purpose and the drive and the hustle. And he's maybe holding feminine energy, chilling at the house. But then maybe the dynamic in the household, he kind of like is, he kind of takes charge. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's kind of like ready yeah. to go, and she's right. more submissive, maybe. Right. He's but building it's like, up his ball juice all day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the dynamic of maybe like the work-life relationship. Right. He's the more right. feminine. She's yeah. like the boss taking care of shit. Yeah. And then in the house, it's like. Right. You know, it's funny because there was actually, a, there was a little part in this book that talked about that. They said the, like, with the masculine and feminine energy, there, there's no, there's no difference with money. It doesn't matter. Like the, the woman can make, um, as much or more, or even all of the money, as long as she sees that the guy has some kind of like focus. Mm Mm-hmm. But that throws everything off. That's why I'm like, I wonder if he's just like far more feminine than she is masculine. And so she's okay with directing the entire um, course of their life. And that's what the book was saying. They're like, if you, if the guy is like no drive, no purpose, whatever, the woman will start to be both. She will pick up the slack for the masculine mm-hmm. and start to drive the ship. Over time, she might not like that, but she will do it. Do you think you could be in a situation where... You- your your woman was the bread maker and she made like all the money and you just kind of like took care of things at home and didn't really contribute no. much financially no i i don't i don't care that like if aaron makes more money than me but like i i need my own thing yeah yeah like it, that would be like me just not doing martial arts and hanging out at her place yeah i'd, yeah. I'd go fucking mental yeah yeah i because i i feel like i'm definitely um more on the like strong masculine side than not mm-hmm. so like i've always been like um that's why I talk about purpose a lot and I read a lot of books on that. It's like I've always felt I needed something. Mm-hmm. Without it, I feel lost and I, my mind will get depressed. I'll feel like drifting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Next one. Next one. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So chapter 33. This one's kind of interesting. Ooh, Tony Robbins vouched for this book. I'm just reading the back of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one, man. I like it. Yeah, honestly, I I feel like this isn't just a book for men. This is a book for women, too. I actually think I'm, like, getting a better understanding of, like, feminine energy as well. Like, he talks about both of them back and forth. See, that's what I was going to say. If if I read this book, this is one I would like my girlfriend to read, too. Or even if she read one about, like, understanding women. Like, I think I would find that interesting and learn from it. I read a few chapters to Aaron, and it always sparks up, like, good, good, like, healthy, fun conversations. You know, like, I'll read it, and then we'll be like, oh, shit, like, let's let's dive into that. Just like we're doing now. For sure. 
Um, so chapter 33, your excellent track record is meaningless to her. A man's track record means nothing to the feminine. A man could be perfect for 10 years, but if he's an asshole for 30 seconds, his woman acts like he's always been one. The feminine responds to the moment of energy, forgetting her man's history of past behavior. A man's past behavior is irrelevant to his woman's feeling in the moment. But men base much on another man's history of behavior, so they think their own track record should account for something. But to a woman, it doesn't. I kind of like that. He, he does mm. talk about that. He says, like, yeah, feminine energy is very, <laughs> like, in the moment, emotional. Like, they feel a lot more. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you do something, like, I'm sure we've all been there. It's like, you get into, like, a fight and you're like, fuck, like, I've, I've like... I was only late this one time for supper. Like I've been good for like two years and she's like fucking blah, like not tonight, bitch. Yeah. You know, I could see that for sure. Yeah. And so like, he talks a lot about like how masculine is less of that. They're a little bit more like, I don't know. I want to say like logic, but I guess a little more logical where women are very like, they're emotional. They're very present, which in this book, he says how great it is. Like you need both. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just be thinking logically all the time. Um, but yeah, I kind of like how, how it's like, yeah, men basically like, it's like, yeah, if you're most of the time, if you're always on time, like I'll just remember like, yeah, Ryan's pretty fucking punctual. But I think for some women, if you're late once or like this motherfucker's always late, I can, I can kind of see that, you know, like I'm just thinking of any arguments I've gotten with girls or something. It's like, you're mad at this. Like I've done so good. And like the one time right. it's just like, no, you fucked up. And right. I'm just like, Jesus. Do you know what's interesting though? This guy, he kind of has like. <laughs> I, I wonder like how he handles some of the fights that he has with his like spouse. But, um, he talks a lot about like tapping into that feminine energy. Like the last thing you want to do is use logic and emotional time and like try to fix the problem of the feminine. Like we, yeah. we, I think we know that like if there's, you know, they're, they're like venting about something, they're complaining about something, they bring something up. It's so rare that you're like, okay, like what's, what's the pro Okay. Like we should do this, this and this. They're like, bitch, just hear me. You shithead. Like, I don't need a fucking solution to this problem. I just want you to hear me mm -hmm. and let me spout out whatever I'm about to spout out. But he says, like, one of the ways to tap into that emotional, like, kind of, like, animalistic thing that we have, he's like, uh, he just said to, like, like pick him up and swirl him around or, like, give him a big kiss on the forehead. And, like, obviously the timing's got to be right. You know, it's like you just <laughs> cheat on them and they found out and you're like... Goody, goody, goo. <laughs> they're tickling them. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. But he said like almost like to act like a little bit animalistic and like you can tap into like this emotional thing where it's like you, you almost like make it playful in a sense. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, I'm just trying to like, yeah, learn different ways that the masculine can like have, um, healthy fights or arguments yeah. without like, you know, yeah, the, the masculine using a logic and, the woman just pure emotion like she's not they're not going to see that yeah you know man totally my a friend of ours came over yesterday to help me hang a tv and we were just you know just having a little talk when it was done and we were kind of saying that how you know it's like when when a guy like fucks up or something or, or there's like an argument we just want to like be so rational it's like okay here's what happened here's what i could right. do let's solve this right now so we can just go back to being right. happy but a girl's like nah -uh. like 
I'm going to act like something's wrong, but I'll tell you everything's okay. And I'm right. going to let it drag off for two days. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, right. and it drives a guy crazy. <laughs> You're like, Hey, let's solve this problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. And that's, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like this is like a good book for like even, yeah, for both men and women to kind of un- understand each other better. Yeah. I wonder if there's one like that, like the, the way of the superior man, like the, but for women. Yeah. Like the wonders of a something moment. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Aaron was reading a book that was like about like feminine divine and like all that energy and stuff like yeah. that. I, I really think there's something to that. And the guy, like in the beginning of the book, he said, this is for like, you could be a gay couple as well. Like you could be like, maybe that's what I was just thinking about. Like, that's an interesting dynamic. If it's, you know, a lesbian couple or a gay couple, right. it's, it's very different, I, but or again, maybe not. but again, naturally, like there's always going to be one person that has a little bit more of the other. Yeah. So you get that polarity and that balance. Yeah. Um, fuck. What was I just going to say though on that? Um, gay couple, heterosexual. That's what Aaron was oh, saying. With the- um, he said that typically, you know how they say opposites attract. Yeah. If you're like a, <laughs> it's funny. I don't know if I, I probably shouldn't say their names fuck i want to just because then you'd understand it um they said if you're super masculine like really masculine you'll typically be more attracted to a really feminine uh girl Mm -hmm. and he talks about how to the masculine the feminine always seems chaotic and wild and the more masculine you are and the the more attracted you are to strong feminine you'll see that more crazy shit so he said like if you're an extreme masculine dating an extreme uh, feminine girl, the sex will probably be amazing. Like she's going to be wild, but she might pull a knife on you the next day and scream in your face. Like that crazy shit that happens. Like the, it's like it's extremes. Yes. But if you're a pretty balanced masculine male, you'll probably find a balanced feminine female. Yeah. And like that Aaron and I were like, I think we're a little bit more balanced, probably a little bit more, like it's like 75% masculine and maybe she's 75% feminine. Yeah. But if you're a hundred percent masculine and a hundred percent feminine, yeah. you're probably going to have like great sex. And like, you seem like you guys love each other to fucking death on Monday on Tuesday. She's going to like try to murder you and like run you off the road. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. you're going to like have crazy makeup sex. After. Yeah. <laughs> it's this roller coaster yeah. of an emotional. It's exhausting. Ride. Yeah, man. But for some people, they like, they, they thrive on that. Well, and they probably can't even help it. It's just a, subconscious attraction it's who they end up with you know yeah man i think about you know my girlfriend or you or justin like i think about my best friends and i feel like we we like the people i'm closest to we have so much in common we're like the same but we're also so different in many ways right and like even like me and natalia like we're very similar in a lot of senses but then some aspects of us are like complete opposites yeah yeah and it just it just works yeah yeah for sure yeah, it's interesting, hey? Like, there seems to be, like, universal laws to that. Like, you don't really consciously think about it, but you end up with this person who seems relatively balanced, like you. But if you're, like, a fucking, like, psycho, like, super feminine or super masculine, and you find a balanced person, you might get bored. Mm-hmm. They might, like, not... Yeah. They might not fuel you with that fire you need. Yeah. Like, you're like, hey, like, I kind of want to, like, get slapped around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you like, need to, like, you yell at me or yourself. something? Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's it's a weird thing, you know, like that intuitive, it's like, um, let's say you're single and you come across somebody, a potential partner on Instagram or something. It's like, you can, you could kind of tell what kind of a person they are from looking at like 10 of their photos. Right. It's like, you can be like, okay, I could tell that this is like, 
uh, you know, a girl I could bring home to my family and like, I could tell that we kind of have similar values and right. this and that. I could tell like the type of person you are just off seeing. And I mean, you could be wrong obviously, but right. you can kind of like sense people w- without much information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. Since we're on book club mode, I got a couple things to share. Sweet. Too. <clears throat> so I was telling you about this. I'm reading this book, the power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent pale. If, if that's how you say it. And, um, shitty last name, you know, just, just like Jeet Kundo and take the good and leave the bad. This book is very religious and I didn't realize that, but it's always referring to like Christianity and the Bible and, you know, Jesus and prayer and Christians I, I love that fucking money and power boy and <laughs> <laughs> ruin the world forever. <laughs> and Think I positive, but also enslave people and take money and put money in the dish. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I decided to keep reading it because I'm not, I wouldn't really consider myself religious, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. And well, we um, talked about that with Think and Grow Rich, where like, it's like after reading it a fourth time for me, I'm like, this isn't a money book. This is a spiritual book. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I feel like it may, maybe it's a little bit of that vibe. Totally. And I just, there's a couple things I highlighted in here that I want to just kind of like you just did. So, okay. um, the man, and again, this is a little bit of an older book. It should probably say the person but I'm just going to read, read it verbatim. Man, it's so funny how like, um, it's like we, we notice that stuff. Like I notice when a book says like, when man does this and I'm like, Hey man, include the woman too. Just say people, man. It's crazy. <laughs> you can read a book from a few decades ago and like, he's like in here, he says something about having a gay time, like a gay old time. Oh yeah. You know? And he's mentioned it a few times and uh, I'm like, this book's what, from the eighties and yeah. Cause Aaron's reading think and grow rich right now. And she's like, I guess this book isn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like when man me. wants to uh, pursue his desire, man will do this. Yeah. And she's like, well, I guess I'm fucking, <laughs> isn't it crazy how fast things change? <laughs> yeah. I remember I was listening to a 50 cent song a little while ago and like from 2004 or something. And they don't, that type of music, some of the things they say, like I'm a, I'm a little f- afraid to say it on here just because a lot of people might fin- be offended, but the F word when you're referring yeah. to a gay person. Yeah, it's that, a strong word. That's a, a strong, aggressive word. It's a word that holds power. Yeah. Um, it rhymes with maggot. Yeah, and uh, I'd say far worse than the C word. Yeah. That rhymes with punt. <laughs> We're just all fucking PG now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, 50 Cent would throw that out. And I remember back in the day listening to that. And it wasn't like a crazy thing. Right. Because we all called our friends that. Yeah. But now when you hear it, it's like, Jesus. Like, you kind of look around. You're like, man. I put a swollen, aggressive. I had a swollen member song on the other day at the gym. And it was like, um, I forget what song it was. But it was like, uh, um, pink shirts and something. I am not participating. I forget the, the, the exact lyrics, but he says the F word real sharp. And he says oh, something. And I'm yeah. like, whoa, I quickly just was like, went to fucking skip. Because that, that uh, U of S <laughs> coach just got fired, I think, for like playing some like really? vulgar. Yeah, which Damn. is fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, just like, did he, did he get a chance to apologize anyway? <laughs> yeah, um, crazy. Yeah, I heard that song come on. I'm like, next. Times change, hey? There's yeah. probably some things that we say now that we'll look back in 20 years and be like, I can't believe we just threw those words around. For sure. But anyway, so I'm going to read this verbatim. The man who is out doing something isn't tired. The more you lose yourself in something bigger than yourself, the more energy you will have. People who lack energy are disorganized to one degree or another by their deep fundamental emotional and psychological conflicts. And it's it's so true, you know, it's like when you feel like you have this mission in life or you're doing something worthwhile, you have this 
reservoir of energy you can pull from and you, you just feel good. And if you've ever been, you know, maybe if you deal with depression or you've just had swings of depression before, but you, you feel like you're in a slump, you just don't want to do anything. And then you just don't have any energy, you know? And I think that happens to a lot of people. Like maybe they're okay lots of the time, but sometimes they just, you know, they don't want to get out of bed. And then the less you do, the less purpose, the more it seems like everything's about you and life sucks and you just get sucked and zapped of your energy. You know, it's like, I don't know. Some of these things just made me think my, um, <laughs> the amount of days that I've had depressed since I started teaching martial arts have been bare minimal versus when I wasn't teaching martial arts. Yeah. So when I was just training, but I wasn't pursuing it as like a mission or anything, I was just training as a hobby. I yeah. just love to train in martial arts, but then I pour concrete for 12 hours a day mm. or I'd sell cars for 10 hours a day. I would be depressed. I would say five to six times out of the week. Mm -hmm. I would feel shitty. I would have one day that was like, oh, I feel pretty light today. And it's mm -hmm. usually a Sunday cause I'm not at fucking work. Yeah. But now I get way less sleep but I'm way happier. I have, I have minimal depressed days now mm -hmm. because I have this, I have my masculine energy is like drawn <laughs> and attracted and attached itself to this ship. That's going in this direction yeah. of martial arts. I don't exactly know precisely what will happen. I have an idea and I have these things that I'm shooting towards, but I know I'm on the right path and that's all that matters. And that keeps me out of the dark for the most part, mm -hmm. you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be like, you know, one depressive state once every two weeks Yeah, compared to five out of seven days, man. It's, and I'm, yeah, totally. And I'm you just, I, I'm just thinking of this as we're talking too, but that like, I just simple little fundamentals class on Tuesday I teach and you know, like some days you're tired, maybe you don't feel like training, like maybe days where it's about you, you know, but if I have some, some appointments, you know, a couple listing appointments, or if it's Tuesday and I know I got to show up and, you know, like teach people, I, I somehow have more energy that day because it's not about me. It's like, right. I, I, I won't just let myself down. I'll let others down. So you just, it's bigger than you and you just yeah. can draw more energy from somewhere. But Yeah, man. Especially when you're doing like good, good shit, doing yeah. the Lord's work, yeah. like with, with martial arts. Like, like I said, those two little girls there, like getting, like planting those little seeds in the mind of, 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 you know, those little kids where we're like, they're looking at like Kurt as a black belt or like, you know, Tyson as a black belt. And they're like, fuck, we want that shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you can make such a positive impact. It's not, they probably wouldn't say, fuck, we want that. Yeah. Shit. yeah. Like they're eight year old. <laughs> yeah. It'd be funny Just if kidding. they did. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just being on like a, like impacting the world in a positive way gives you energy yeah. and you're kind of like out of your own head and it's, it's not it's about you. Yeah. It's kind of like that saying, you know, it's like if, um, you know, it's like the times you feel like you need help the most, like help someone else. Right. And you'll feel better. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. It's so true. That yeah. is such a good universal law. Next. Another thing in here, look down on your problems rather than from below up at them. And thus you get a much more encouraging view of them. Mm. Always come up over your problems. Never approach a problem from below. You know, when you get stuck in those, you're having those days where you're like stressed, you're anxious, you're like, something's bothering you. <clears throat> it, and reading this, it really, like I could relate to it. I, I was really thinking about it in those situations where you're like, you're freaking out, you know, you're not happy, you're stressed. It, it seems like this problem is above you. Like, it seems like it's like, what am I going to do? Everything's right. doomed. And then if you go out for a walk with your dog or you, you go train and you put your phone down for two hours or whatever it is, when you come back. 
that same thing is still there, but it almost, there's a sense of it's below you. And it's like, okay, I have this situation, but what am I going to do about it? Right. And it just feels like you're above it. And it feels like it's not the end of the world. It's just something else you'll tackle. Yeah. It's crazy what you can do with like, um, like natural chemicals in your brain, just by moving your body, mm -hmm. getting out of your head, moving your body. And you'll just have a different lens over your eyeballs. Yeah. I always picture that when I'm like depressed, I'm like, Oh, my lenses are dirty right now. Mm. Like my world is the same as it was when I was happy two days ago, but my lens got dirty. Interesting. I was like, I need to go for a walk. Maybe I need to meditate. Maybe I just need to let this day pass. Maybe I'm just having a bad day and that's totally. okay. I know my lens will be different tomorrow. That's, that's like you, you know? said, that's okay. Sometimes yeah. it's like, you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. I'm don't going fight to it. bed. Yeah. But that's, yeah, we, and we've talked about that before, you know, something to give you a different perspective, but that one, I've never really heard it like that of, yeah. as opposed to looking at your problems above you, like look down on your problems. Yeah. You know? I do that with like a lot of people. Like I try to look down on a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiring philosophy too. <laughs> um, and then the last thing here is, um, the secret of a better and more successful life is to cast out those old, dead, unhealthy thoughts. Substitute them for new, vital, dynamic faith thoughts. You can you can depend upon it. An inflow of new thought will remake you and your life. Mm. And this just this is another one of those examples of we read all these books and they all connect with the same messages, you know, and truth starts to form. It's like, you know, everything depends on the way you think. And it's, you know, I always play with different kinds of meditations, but the one I've been playing with a little more after reading this book is like, try to really picture, like try to like visualize these words and get them out of your mind, like doubt, fear, worry, hate, resentment, regret, shame. You, you just put all those words into everyone's mind? <laughs> just give yeah, me some time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I picture those words and I picture them like being drained out of me. Mm. And then you're like, okay, I'm empty now, but it's like, I can't stay empty for long. So then I'll think of like courage, abundance, you know, like serenity, hope, gratitude, love, like all these like positive words, um, happiness, laughter. And then I just try to end it on that note. And I just see that and I feel it. And I try to end it on that note. And you know, some of these things, they, you might, it, it might sound silly, but what I go ahead, but at the end of the day, you, the quality of your life is going to come down to the way you think yeah. period. Well, what I was thinking is like, um, like the more you train, you know, how to like counter a jab or a hook or defense when you're fighting or sparring, if you've done it enough times, you won't think about it that much. You just resort to the proper defense. Mm -hmm. If you've trained your mind to always say courage, hope, faith, like you got this, whatever mantra you have yeah. that when push comes to shove and you do find yourself in a shitty situation your brain won't automatically go to like you're defeated you suck you're shy you're this you lack this instead it's like no courage you got this like you got this yeah. your brain will like naturally go to the thing that you've been fucking telling yourself yeah. for the past however long so it's it's that brain is a muscle and i think exactly. if you if you keep reinforcing that muscle mm. it'll it'll act in accordance when you need it Instead of just going to the default. Like if yeah. you don't train how to defend a jab, you go to the default, which is eat the jab. Yeah. Because you don't know how to fucking defend it. Yeah, totally. You're like planting these seeds in your subconscious mind, you know? Yeah. And and it's true, man. Like my life changed dramatically looking back. I've talked about it on here before. When I used to wake up 
And the first thing when I open my eyes in bed, I think about, okay, I have to get back to this person. Ah, oh, this deal's probably mm. gonna crash today. Uh, and I would think about all this business, like the negatives. Right. I would just look it out, search for it right away. And then I'd wake up and feel this anxiety. And then now, like when I do my little meditation, I lay there and I think, today's gonna be a great day. Like I trust myself, like I love myself. Like look at this cute little dog beside me. Like, ah, oh, the sun's out today. Today's gonna be a great day. And you, right. your days are different. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, and it, it takes time. It's not like you do that once and you're like, wow, fuck. Yeah. I haven't, you know, right. <laughs> it's, it, it'll not, not just take time. It takes forever. Yeah. Your whole life you'll be doing it. Yeah. Cause if you stop doing it, you'll eventually forget how to defend a jab. Just mm -hmm. like you'll forget how to fucking speak positively to yourself. Yeah. Like if you, if you did it for 10 years straight and you kept talking to yourself in a positive way, you'd be pretty good. <clears throat> if you took 10 years off, that's 10 years of a lot of shit happening. Some bad shit could happen. It could kind of like take little chinks in your armor away and like damage you a little bit. By the end of that 10 years, you're going to go back to your doubt and all that Don't negative lie. talk. Yeah. You know, it's like you just do it till you die. Yeah. That's the human mind. It's like we will fall back into our default, which is usually not the greatest. Mm -hmm. We have to like train ourselves to like pick our shoulders up and speak positively to ourselves and defend a fucking jab, you yeah. know? It's like that quote, I'm not even going to try to say it, but it's like motivations, like taking a shower. It's like you have to mm. do it every day or it just goes right. away. It's like you have to practice it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's it for the book club shit, but I just wanted to ask you one more thing. Um, you mentioned you didn't see the fights on the weekend. Did you see any of like Patty Pimblett's post-fight interview? I see. Yeah. Did you the, see that? The, the, yeah, I did. Man, I think that's so just if you didn't see it, you know, this UK guy won big England crowd, whatever. Um, is he, he Irish or is he from, where's he from? Yeah, he's from the UK, like England. Okay. Or Manchester or wherever, okay. somewhere in England, yeah. And um, <clears throat> I always find it cool when, you know, people, like the UFC fighters have worked, they've busted their ass, they win these like huge fights in these big arenas, and it's like, here's your opportunity. They have 30 seconds to say whatever they want. And it's cool when people like have something planned, maybe they call out an opponent and it right. steps them up in their career. But I love when people <clears throat> use that opportunity, that 30 seconds to, to say some real shit, yeah. some shit that's like bigger than fighting, bigger than themselves. And it's like, Hey, I have the stage. I have millions of eyes on me. Like I have a message I want to get out there. Yeah. Cause he, didn't he just have a friend <clears throat> kill himself? Yeah. So it was like four hours before the weigh-ins or something, you wow. know, he got news that w one of his best friends committed suicide. And Holy shit. Basically he was saying, you know, we, there's this stigma that guys, males can't talk yeah. and so many males are depressed and suicidal and they just feel like they can't talk because it's not manly and that right. sort of thing. And he just was saying like, you know, if you're feeling this way, like you talk, like yeah. fuck the stigma, like, right. you know, people are there for you, like reach out to people, you know? And, um, you know, it's kind of like, like Rose, you know, like she uses that 30 seconds to be like, look, you know, this title is nothing like. We, we this world needs healing we need to be nicer to each mm -hmm. other like let's let's focus on the right things let's be better people and right. like when people say things like that that are like real it's like people listen and I bet you that Patty guy like I bet you he made a ripple in the universe yeah. I bet you you know he sped, spread some positivity and made certain guys think a little differently yeah. you know man and I, I think guy, men do need a lot of help you know and like <laughs> I, this book it actually there's a chapter in it that says um I forget the name of the chapter. Maybe we'll bring it up in the next episode. But it was something to do with like, um, like face your emotions with an open heart. 
like they said, it is not masculine to close your heart off no matter what. Like feel it all, like embrace the emotion. You don't need to like sob and complain to everyone and share all mm-hmm. your shit and your baggage, but like don't close off. That's not a masculine trait. Mm-hmm. Like like sometimes I'll watch um like the movie 300 and you watch like that, I think his name's Leonidas. Mm-hmm. Like that's a fucking man. <laughs> yeah. Like that guy, he's emotional, he's loving, he's a fucking warrior. Um, he's quick witted. Like he's got all these like amazing traits, but he's the full package. He's the real deal. And it's like, I think when you're like a man and you close off, like you can't receive like that feminine divine or like Mm. that feminine energy, you're closed off. And so like to open your heart up and to feel those emotions and to be able to talk about those emotions, like that's a manly trait. Obviously there's a time and a place for it. Like we've talked about that with Raheem, right? His family was going through some shit. He was going through some shit, but he knew if he talked about his thing at that moment, it would put more weight on his family. Mm, So he, he was like, I got to bottle this up for right now. I'm going to let my family deal with this. And then I'll, I'll talk about my shit later. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, yeah, I kind of liked it. That book, man, it's like men and women. I feel like we need a fucking, some kind of like, um, like guidebook, you know? And I think that's what this guy was trying to do with like the superior Mm -hmm. man. It's almost like, um, like a, like a Bible for men or like these like laws to kind of follow and to think about. It just helps you understand yourself better. Exactly. Because we're, like I said, we're very complicated and sometimes we, we don't know what we need, you know? We don't know how to act. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. So, uh, episode 73. Um, yeah. We're doing this a little early. I'm taking off on a long road trip to BC tomorrow. 13 and a half hour drive. It's going to be... Yeah, it's crazy. You guys are driving, something else. Right? Yes, yeah. sir. Might as well fly with the gas prices. Eh? It might even be cheaper. Yeah. Well, we're yeah, going to bring our dog fun. and, you know... Nice. But um, That's sweet. I, I don't think I've driven that far before. Like, Fernie's, you know, nine, maybe ten hours. Oh, no shit. I don't think I've went longer than that but have you have you been longer than that like oh, 13 yeah. 14 hours yeah i drove to la i drove to denver oh fuck what am i talking Man, about i drove through australia i, I drove seven thousand kilometers in australia jesus. yeah jesus drove a lot crazy okay yeah. oh, you're a road dog <laughs> yeah the, the bc <laughs> man it's beautiful there yeah. you'll like the trip oh man past calgary it'll be a nice trip yeah. yeah yeah so cool well thanks for listening everybody uh episode 73 the way of the superior man <laughs> bye